Welcome back to Young Smart Money today. My name is Apple Crater, and since it is Friday, we are doing a flashback Friday. We are going back to a YouTube video. We're pulling out either a section or maybe even the entire video to share with you guys in the podcast today. So if you want to see the whole video or really get the full visual and audio experience, definitely head over to applecrater.com slash subscribe or youtube.com slash applecrater to catch that. Otherwise, enjoy the video. Otherwise, enjoy the podcast. Today, we have a huge collaboration going on with a bunch of creators in the personal finance and entrepreneurship related community. So what this is all about is I reached out to a bunch of my favorite creators in the same space as me and I said, hey, I want to work with you. I want to make something happen. So what we did is we put together a collection of our number one pieces of advice for any 18 year old when it comes to their finances. So whether that be a concept we think is important for you to understand or a tip that we think you should start implementing into your own life, that is what we're doing in this video today. And we've got some amazing people today. So be sure to drop a like and smash that subscribe button if you want to see more awesome collaborations just like this one in the future. So without further ado, let's turn it over to Nate O'Brien. Hey, what's going on everyone? This is Nate O'Brien. I just really want to apologize for the absolutely terrible video and audio quality here. Uh, I'm in Santa Barbara and I just wanted to bring up this one really important piece of financial wisdom that I've learned over my life that I really live by and it's helped me generate a couple thousand dollars a month in passive income. So that's understanding the concept of trading time for money and why it might not always be the best route for people to take. So what I mean by this is, uh, say you're working at 7-Eleven you're making $7.25 an hour. Well, you're trading one hour of your life for $7. And obviously sometimes you need to do that. There's times in your life when you need to work a job and you obviously need to pay bills. Uh, and it can be very, very difficult. We can talk about minimum wage laws and whatnot in some other videos on my channel. But uh, you're trading one hour of your life for $7 or $10 and maybe you're making $20 an hour. Regardless how much you're making, it's not incredibly scalable. You know, you might get a pay raise, you might get you know, $10 an hour, you might get $15 an hour, but it's not very scalable uh, in comparison to somebody like Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, where they're you know, making billions of dollars every single year uh, in revenue. And so uh, what I understood is that if you can really uh, separate time and money and, and how to have an income without spending your time or, or have that direct correlation between time input and money output. And so that's really what I did and that's how you can create passive income. Now obviously it's not that easy to create passive income. It does take a while to really start going and, and really generate passive income. But once you understand that concept where you don't want to necessarily trade your time directly for money. That's why I'm here in Santa Barbara and not working back in Pennsylvania because that's what I did. So. If you're a little bit confused on that, just head on over to my channel or send me an Instagram DM. Uh, my Instagram is just Nate O'Brien, that's my name. Uh, and ask me a couple questions if you'd like. I'd be really happy to talk to you guys and see what you guys have to say um, and maybe you know have some different discussions with you. So thanks so much for having me on your channel and uh, good luck everyone. Thank you, Nate. I know for me personally, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad right here actually really helped me to understand that the number of hours that you spend working does not actually have to directly translate into the amount of money that you take home. Enjoy Santa Barbara. And now let's hear from Brandon of Brandon Beavis Investing. Hello everybody and welcome to the video. My name is Brandon and thank you Apple for putting this together. And the one thing that I think is essential for any 18 year old or anyone around that age to know is not getting sucked to spending too much money on a car. 
And this is something that I can speak very personally to because, you know, I have a handful of very close friends who have found themselves in this situation. And being a younger person myself, I totally get, you know, the urge and the allure of buying, you know, a nice new car, a new sports car, or, you know, wanting to get a new 2019 edition straight off the lot. I get the formula, you know, nice car equals the prettiest girls in school equals the popularity. You know what else it'll get you? it'll get you a $30,000 debt burden to carry with you over the next 10 years. And trust me, there's nothing sexy about being broke. And don't get me wrong here, you know, I'm totally playing around. Um, you know, I'm not saying, you know, go out and ride your bike everywhere or buy, you know, a hoopty or, you know, a beater car. Of course not, all right? A car is important and in many cases, essential from getting, you know, from point A to point B. What I'm trying to get at is don't go beyond your means and buy a car that you either can't afford or shouldn't afford because you're getting sucked into this trap of wanting to have a nice car. Learn to put your ego aside and do what's right for your wallet. Let's not forget guys that if you do decide to go for that new sports car or a luxury car at age 18 or age 20, aside from putting a large chunk of money towards the car, you of course have the maintenance, the upkeep. Typically when you're driving a nice new car, you're paying you know, higher insurance. Uh, more often than not, you're paying for premium gas versus the regular. Uh, and if something does happen to go wrong, you know, sometimes they can be quite an expensive fix. In my opinion, if you're in the stage of you know, looking to get yourself a car, you know, think hard and deeply about this because the decision that you make as an 18 year old can literally dictate your financial situation for the next 10 plus years. And in my opinion, a much better option than buying an asset, an expensive asset, that pretty much just decreases in value, I would personally consider taking that money and putting it into a position where it can grow. For example, taking that money and investing it. And we can run through a quick scenario to explain this. Um, so I'm just looking on my screen here, just a compound interest calculator, and I will link this for you guys uh, in the description below, or I'll have Apple link it in the description below. Um, this is basically just a tool that you can use to kind of project the type of returns you could expect on your investments. So let's assume for the simplicity of this example, you were gonna spend $30,000 and get yourself a new Civic, you know, right off the lot at your local Honda dealership, right? And I don't know exactly how much these cars cost. But let's assume guys that, that $30,000 over the course of you know 10 or 15 years that you drive the car would eventually be worth, let's call it uh, you know, next to nothing or you know a few thousand dollars that the car would be worth. Rather than opting to do that, let's assume that you took $30,000, you invested it, and you were able to achieve yourself a rate of return of let's say 7%. And in my opinion, that's quite reasonable. Seeing how you could go out and buy yourself you know, a broad index fund, which for the most part would average right in that seven to 8% range. Um, let's assume here guys that you just say, you know what? 10 years down the road, let's see how much money we have made. But looking at this specific scenario, you know, we had the option A where you can go out and buy a car that will depreciate in value, or you can take that money and over the course of 10 years, you would have doubled your investment. Now, let's just go back up here and, and change this. Let's assume that you decided, you know what, instead of buying a car, I'm gonna take this $30,000 and leave it till I retire. So let's call that 45 years, so you retire in your 60s. Instead of going out and buying an expensive car, guys, that $30,000 would have grown over the years into approximately $693,000. So guys, that's just a little example there. You know, don't get too caught up in the numbers. You know, it's more or less conceptual stuff. You know, you have the option to go buy a car, you know, have some short-term gratification and yeah, you know, it'd be awesome for now, but you're purchasing an asset where you're seeing your money essentially go down or you can take that money and allow it to grow and compound you know, year after year after year. Personally, I use a car to get from point A to point B. And whether I'm driving you know, a $50,000 sports car or you know, a $2,000 beater, 
most of the time you're gonna get there just fine but that's just something for you guys to keep in mind it's a mistake that a lot of people going into their 20s make and i kid you not you know especially if you're taking out a loan to purchase one of these cars um, you know that can set you up pretty poorly uh, for the foreseeable future that money in my opinion can be used much more efficiently so apple thank you for putting this collab together i'm super excited to see the end result Thanks, Brandon. You are so right. And I am seeing this among so many of my peers who actually just graduated from high school and think that the thing to do is to go out and buy the most expensive car that they can afford. And I say afford because oftentimes they're not even looking at the actual cost of the vehicle. They're looking at the monthly payment figure, which really just leads to even more issues. But I could talk for days about car buying mistakes. So let's just turn it over to Tristan from Cooper Academy. Well, first of all, thank you, Mr. Apple Crider, for asking me to participate in this video. And I'm pretty excited to see what everyone else has to say relating to the topic. To all those young people watching these types of videos, I'm just going to say straight away, you're well ahead of your peers, just through the fact that you're paying attention to these types of things. Most people your age, the only thing they know how to do is spend money. They don't know how to earn it. They don't know how to save it. And if you say the word invest, they'll think you're speaking a different language. And the concept I'm going to talk about today you probably learned when you were 4 years old. But yet still it seems that only 4% of the world knows how to do this. And that is save a portion of your income to keep for yourself. What you need to do is sit down, look at the amount you earn, whatever it is, $100, 1000 10000 whatever. And say of this amount of money I want to keep this many dollars. It may be 10%, 20% or 100%. But it has to be something. I mean, all of the money that you earn can't be going to someone else, whether it be Jeff Bezos from Stupid Things on Amazon, or the filthy rich Walmart kids. No, some of the money you earn must be for you and no one else. If you start applying this concept from a young age, compound interest will do its thing and you won't worry about your finances again. I'm telling you right now, even people my age who are 22 years old earning salaries of 60k plus can't even save a dime of it. That's most people, because they have to buy the latest thing, whether it be the new car, a pair of Yeezys, or whatever the heck they're into. They can't save a dollar of it. Even my dad's friends who are doctors are still paying off their mortgage when they're in their 50s. They've probably earned salaries of 200k plus for at least 20 years, and they don't even fully own their own house. So all you have to do is be part of the 4% that has some way of discipline about them that can save a certain percentage of their income, keep it for themselves for life, and invest it. Don't give away your money to people just because you're undisciplined. Keep it for yourself. I am with you on that, Tristan. You need to be setting aside some of your income to pay yourself because if you don't, you're in for a very rough future. Now we're gonna turn it over to Antonio of Baby Investing to share his number one piece of financial advice for 18 year olds. What's up bosses? I really want to start over by thanking you for inviting me to this collaborational video. I really love how the community is shaping and I really love all of the value that we get from watching and actually making these videos. So I really hope to see more of these videos in the near future. 
But now before we all start crying, let me tell you the single one best thing that I wish I knew before I started investing. Now if you've been following me since the beginning, then you probably know that I started investing back when I was 16 years old with my dad's ID and just $100 in my pocket to buy some stocks. On which, by the way, I ended up paying like 30% of transaction fees that actually costed me a lot of my potential profits. So is your advice just to watch out for transaction fees? Well, it could be because it's great advice, but no. Actually, I stand here today to tell you that you need to be a ginger to start investing. What is wrong with this guy? You've probably heard the phrase, gingers don't have salt. Now, I don't know if that's true, but if that's true, you really need to become one to become a successful investor. Because mix your investment decisions with your emotions and your plan for disaster is complete. Most of the decisions that you're going to take based on your emotions are going to end up being the baddest investment decisions that you ever took. This could mean things like buying when the markets are extremely high just because you saw a single stock make a spike of 15% in just 2 hours and then you end up selling during the correction losing 7% of your money. Or you saw your buddy Alex making millions of dollars on Bitcoin and now you want to be like him. But you don't understand Bitcoin, you don't understand crypto or even the underlying blockchain technology. So what happens, you end up losing a lot of money instead of creating unlimited wealth. Now instead of using your emotions, use that time and energy to analyze the investment. Is it a stock? Use that time to analyze the market, analyze the global economy and read the 10Q and 10Ks of the company that you're looking into. Read some news on it and just make sure that you know everything about your investment. And if you end up finding out that the markets are pretty high right now, then you might be better off sitting on the bench for a while. Now I know, it sounds lame. Nobody wants to wait and watch. You want to go and start making money right away. But just as Munger says, money is not in selling or buying. The money is in the waiting. So bottom line for me is don't get your emotions involved when you're investing. Not in the beginning, not at the end, not during the investment. Just emotions not made for investing. If emotions came with a guideline, then the first thing that you would find on that guideline would be don't use while investing. But anyway, enough for me, enough talking on investing. It's time for me to give the word to my colleague to find out what he wish he knew back when he was 18. Thanks Antonio, that was super valuable. And even though I do have a soul, I think it is really important to keep investing and emotions separate and stick to the facts when you're investing because as they say the most dangerous words in investing are this time it's different well I guess that just leaves me so the financial concept that I think all 18 year olds should be familiar with is how wealth is actually built which is something that I didn't actually understand until about two years ago so the ideas that I had about building wealth really came when I think about it from the idea of life. You know, that game where the spinner always falls off. Yeah, that one. So I thought that wealth came from a high salary because in that game, the doctor making $100,000 really has a leg up over everybody else. But in reality, a high salary really guarantees you nothing except that you're gonna be paying lots and lots to our good friend Uncle Sam because 78% of the US population lives paycheck to paycheck and that goes for those that make $30,000 a year all the way up to those who make $300,000 a year and heck even those who make $3 million a year because when all that money that comes in goes right back out to buy the latest iPhone to pay down your car payment or whatever other stupid shit we think of to buy we don't have anything left for ourselves because I mean like Tristan said so clearly we really have to be paying ourselves 
and clearly a high salary guarantees nothing. So if a six-figure salary is not the path to wealth, then what is? Well, in my opinion, there's really only two ways to amass serious wealth in this lifetime. The first one is to sell something, and the second one is to start a business. So now when it comes to selling something, I made an entire video on why I think selling is the most valuable skill to have in the wealth building toolbox, but essentially it just comes down to the fact that people are faced with so many decisions in their lives that if you're able to help them to make a good decision, aka sell them something, there's always a place for you to succeed and a piece of the pie for you to grab if you're able to direct people to making good decisions for themselves and sell them something that is going to benefit them. Now, with starting a business, there's a big difference between starting a business and creating a job that a lot of people get confused in. A lot of people think that they're starting a business when really they're just creating a job for themselves. And there's a really good book about this uh, and the difference between these two things called The E-Myth Revisited. I'll be sure to link that up down below. And it really just comes down to knowing what it makes sense for you to do and what it makes sense for you to pay somebody to do. And once you can put that divide into place, you can create a real business. And once you have that business, you can begin to see serious wealth because, and the key thing here, is you are creating instead of consuming. When you have a business, you are creating something that was not there before instead of just consuming stuff that's already out there. And this is critical. You are bringing something into existence that was not there before. Like, think about it. When Americans spend five hours a day on average watching TV, do you want to be the person who is sitting in front of the TV consuming the content or do you want to be the person creating the TV show that keeps people engaged for five hours a day and keeps them watching and keeps advertisers paying you? Like, there's really two ways to look at that scenario and the way I like to look at it as, is as an opportunity. And to me, that is the power in starting a business and the fact that many people just aren't willing to do it just makes the returns all that much greater. So my main takeaway here is that a six-figure income can be spent faster than it comes in and that the way to build serious and sustainable wealth is to either A, sell something or B, start creating. Well, that about does it for the video, guys. If you enjoyed this collaboration, again, make sure to drop a like on this video and show all of these creators some support. They will all be linked up in the description down below. I really have to thank each and every one of them for all the time and the effort that they put into this. So be sure to subscribe to all of us if you like collaborations like this. I really just wanted to illustrate with this video that there is a community of channels and that we're not competitors, we are collaborators. And throughout projects like this, we can all help each other get to the places that we are looking to get to. Thanks for checking out Young Smart Money today. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this clip, this flashback Friday clip. Again, for 200 plus other videos like this, be sure to check out youtube.com slash applecreator. You can also find me on Instagram at applecreatorofficial if you want to get more content that way. Uh, but enjoy your Friday, and uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend.